Mike McCarthy. In the interesting news of the summer, he's taking over play calling duties, taking over for Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator now, offensive coordinator for Justin Herbert. Last time he called plays was when he was coaching the Packers, where he also won a Super Bowl. Not enough people are having this conversation, James, this conversation of McCarthy taking over plays. Your play caller dictates a lot mm-hmm. in the game of football. Yeah. Now, I do not think... Mike McCarthy calling plays for the Cowboys will make the difference. Mm. The reason I don't think it will make the difference is because if you all recall, Kellen Moore commanded two number one offenses with the Dallas Cowboys in, I believe, just five years as the offensive coordinator. Keep in mind, last year, when Dak Prescott did play, they also were a top-flight offense. So it's not as though the offense had that many issues. Yeah. We want to blame the run game, Mike McCarthy does, but the Cowboys ran the ball the six most times in the National Football League. If you want to look at the divisional game in which they lost to the 49ers, Tony Pollard got hurt. Mm -hmm. Second quarter, end of it. Zeke still got 10 carries. Zeke is worst in the running backs in yards per carry if you want to talk about running backs who had more than 200 carries. And the 49ers had the second best defense in yards per carry allowed. So common sense says, don't run the ball. Mm -hmm. In my mind, this is really just Mike McCarthy trying to use a little bit of divergence, a little bit of a decoy to distract us from the fact that the Cowboys are underperforming. But what do you think? Do you think McCarthy calling plays will be the difference? I don't think it's going to be the difference in winning the Super Bowl. I'm not going to say, Coach Mike, taking over the play call and they're going to win the Super Bowl. But Dak Prescott will benefit, right? And Kellen Moore was so caught up in his own ways that this is how I'm calling the game. Mm -hmm. No matter how the game goes, this is how I'm calling the game. This is what I got written down for third down. That's what I'm running on third down. I don't care if the quarterback's struggling. I don't care if we're running the ball well. This is what I'm calling on third down. Coach, Mike is going to help Dak Prescott in that area. If Dak Prescott is struggling, maybe going through a slump to where he's turning the football over, you know what we're going to do? We're not taking these shot plays down the field. We're getting the ball out of your hands fast. If we're throwing this football, slants, hitches, get it out of your hands, quick decisions, or we're going to run the ball. I am going to protect you the way I call the play. Kellen Moore did not protect Dak Prescott when Dak Prescott was struggling. I'm not saying that Kellen Moore can go out there and throw the ball for Dak Prescott, right? As a quarterback, you're making that much money, you should be able to make the right decision with the football. But when you are struggling as a coach, you have to help your players. And he did not help him the way he called the play, play calling. Coach Mike will help him calling the but plays, he, and you will see a much better Dak Prescott. Well, then I have season. two thoughts. One... A coach can't cross the white lines. No. Nope. They never can. Mm-mm. And when, it, when you cross the white lines, it's all about the player. Yeah. So that's my first thought. But my second question then is, if indeed McCarthy will help Dak Prescott, as I have said, as Shady has said, as Joy has said, the difference between the Cowboys and Super Bowl, at least as of late, mm-hmm. has been Dak Prescott. Yeah. If McCarthy going to help the difference in the Cowboys and Super Bowl, mm-hmm. how would you not say then he's going to help him win a Super Bowl? The only reason I'm going to say that is because when Dak Prescott hit the scene, even though he was turning the ball over, he was scoring dang near 30 points a game, right? And the defense was giving up 31. You, you get what I'm saying? When, when Cooper Rush was in the game, they was giving up 17, 18, 19 points a game, and they was finding ways to win games. If the defense plays the way they played when Cooper Rush was there and Mike McCarthy is calling the plays, then we're talking about Super Bowl. Because if Dak Prescott is the problem, and I truly believe Coach Mike is going to take his game to a whole nother level with the way he calls plays. I've seen him do it with Aaron Rodgers. As a young Aaron Rodgers, you win six games, and then now you're talking three MVPs under Coach Mike McCarthy calling the plays, right? It's very simple. 
simple, it's easy for you, the ball comes out of your hands, you have the playmakers around you like Aaron Rodgers had the playmakers around you to win and get the ball out of your hands. It's not a lot of difficulty. Kellen Moore's offense was a lot of difficulty. If you watch them run pass concepts, it's post corner with a deep over and all, all this, just, just a lot of difficulty. It's going to be very simple. Let your playmakers make plays. That's how Coach Mike calls the game. Get the ball into your playmakers' hands, let them make plays, and let them do what they do with the ball in their hands after the catch. Well, you know I don't talk about the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> that's a waste of time. But I am interested to see what it looks like with Mike McCarthy calling plays. Also because the last time he was calling plays, they weren't doing so well. Not at all. When 11-16-1 in his last two seasons in Green Bay, he was fired after week 13 in 2018. So the last time we saw him in this role, it wasn't so hot. Now, Maybe it will be different this time around. I think it kind of has to be different this time around. Simplifying it is interesting to me mm-hmm. because that's when Dak had the most success mm. when, they, when he was more reeled in. So can, can Dak make that adjustment? That will be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I just think the excuses are, are off the table for the Cowboys and him moving into this role and then moving off of Kellen Moore is kind of a risk because we know Dak is not the one who's going to get blamed. Right, that's just like I'm kind of with shady on that. Like it's, we can't we all have eyeballs, but somehow it's like okay, it's not Dak's fault. Well, now Kellen Moore's gone. He's had a successful offense, mm-hmm. not a Super Bowl offense, but a successful offense. Most people would take the number one offense in the league, no doubt. But now, if it doesn't go well or if they regress, it's going to be put on Mike. And if they're losing, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you just draw a comparison of Mike working with Dak and Mike working with Aaron? I'm talking did about I, making it I, simple. Did I, I'm talking about I, making it simple. I'm not putting Dak and Aaron Rodgers in the category. Kind of like, it you kind of paralleling. It's a little slanderous, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, this is what I don't understand. So Mike McCarthy, based on what we've heard and, and when, what, what James said, is the reason that he's taking over the play calling is because they were giving Dak more than he could handle. Kellen Moore was giving him more than he could handle. And we, we need to be a little more conservative. We need to pull it back. Mm. How many Super Bowls did they go to when they pulled it back and they were conservative with Dak Prescott? Zero. Like, it's not, yeah. that's not the answer. To your point, yeah, Dak's numbers may be better. His interception, his TD to interception ratio may be better. But does it get in any closer to a Super Bowl? No, because... Well, we know about quarterbacks that lead you to Super Bowls that at some point they have to make a dynamic play. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the talent that the Dallas Cowboys have, you're wasting a resource if you're not throwing downfield and trying to hit them. And this is the question I have that I don't have an answer to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may, uh, one of you may, was Kellen Moore call- calling what he did on third down because that's what he wanted to call or because that's what the situation called for? And so it wasn't a matter of like, I can put Dak in his comfort zone, but it's not going to get done what we need to get done in this particular situation versus like, look, this is what we need to do in this situation. And I hope Dak can do it. And he couldn't. Kellen Moore was super aggressive as a play caller, right? And it led them to the number one offense. I'm not saying Kellen Moore is a bad offensive coordinator and a bad play caller, right? But when you have a quarterback struggling, turning the football over, 
You have to eliminate them shot plays, whether you think he can do it or not. You might be in your head that, hey, Dak Prescott going to make this play this time. He showed you that I'm struggling right now with what I'm seeing and how I'm throwing this football when we are taking these shot plays and we're being aggressive. As an offensive play caller, you got to step back and say, ooh, I want to call this on third down, but I can't right now. You got what I'm saying? Because I got to protect my player, right? Mm-hmm. And, we, and are we talking about a player that's making a bunch of big-time money and you shouldn't have to do that? Absolutely. That part, that part. But at a time as a coach, right, you have to help your players. Mm-hmm. You got to get the best out of your players and calling shot plays and, and staying aggressive when your quarterback is struggling. Mm-hmm. That's not what you want to do. It's the same thing the Buffalo Bills did with Josh Allen Here's my dilemma, though, J.J., and I have two of them. My first Mm -hmm. and most notable dilemma is if you were that great a play caller, Mike McCarthy, which James seems to believe that you are, I will not dismiss it just yet, though I have not been overly impressed. (laughs) If you are that great a play caller, why would you ever inherit a job in which you can't call plays? That doesn't make any sense. If I'm that skilled at something, I'm not going to take on a job where I can't do the one thing I'm most skilled at. That is is unreasonable. Well, it, that's it, it that's, that's the Jerry Jones effect too, though, right? If you want to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry says, hey, this young fella right here, at least right now, is untouchable and Kellen Moore was what, was what they said, right? He Coach Mike took the job. They said, this dude right here stays. You got what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right? Now, that Coach Mike has done well and they've had back-to-back winning seasons done really well. Coach Mike is like, ha-ha, now I get a little bit more say-so in this thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to run the ship. How I want to run the ship. If I'm going to sink it, I'm going to sink it, Kellen Moore ain't going to sink it for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. now Coach Mike is, can come to Jerry. Look, I done put together two, two good seasons. We won one playoff game this year, right? My quarterback was the reason we lost in the San Francisco game, right? And it was things that I could have did to help him. Right, so I want to take over this play calling. Was Coach Kellen, Mike, hold on real quick. Coach yep. Mike does not get enough credit for what he does. Sean Payton gets all this credit. No, for real. Sean Payton gets all this credit, right? And he ain't done too much more than Coach Mike McCarthy with Drew Brees. You got what I'm saying? But Coach Mike, when you put his stats up against these great coaches, the Sean Payton's, whoever you want to put him up there with, he's right there, right? He is right there, and you can look it up, do whatever you got to do, Google, no, Coach Mike is right there. He don't get enough credit for what he does for organizations. Came and flipped the Packers around. Came over here, and now he got the Dallas Cowboys winning. We talking about Super Bowl up here if Dak Prescott do it right. Because of him right there, y'all see him? Y'all see him? Coach Mike, he don't get enough credit, man. I don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have enough good. That's why I took some extra time. (laughs) Hey, college football fans, Joel Klatt here, and I am so happy to announce my new interview series, The Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations. Every Monday, we will bring you a candid conversation with the most influential voices in college football. From Colorado's Coach Prime to Coach Saban down in Tuscaloosa, we sit down and discuss all things college football. Download the Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the new Joel Klatt Show YouTube channel. All right, family, we know this much. Quarterbacks are always under pressure. But now we got to talk about the non-quarterbacks that are under the most pressure in this NFL season. And there are a whole lot of them. I can't wait to give you this list. At number five, it's star cornerback Trevon Diggs of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, if you do recall, Diggs, he's had a 10 interception season. Had one of the most breakout seasons we've ever seen. But... 
He was a second round pick, meaning there is no fifth year option to pick up. This is his big money year. The Cowboys defense will likely go as Diggs and Parsons do go. I do believe today is 7-11. He wears seven, Parsons wears 11. He is one of the candidates for what makes that Cowboys defense great. At number four, a name you will become very familiar with on this show, Todd Munkin. You're thinking to yourself, Acho, who the heck is Todd Munkin? Okay, he won two national championships back-to-back years as the offensive coordinator at Georgia. Lamar Jackson said he wanted a new OC. Enter Todd Munkin. Now remember, the last time Odell Beckham had a 1,000-yard season was when Todd Munkin was the offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns in 2019. He does have NFL experience. Pressure is on this year with that loaded roster. At number three, head coach of the New York Jets, Robert Sala. Why? Because if you add Aaron Rodgers to a roster that already has a top five defense, we expect instantaneous results. Robert Sala, all eyes are on you. We know Rodgers is solidified, a four-time NFL MVP, but who are you as a coach? At number two, I've mentioned his name before, Odell Beckham. You know who he is. OBJ most notably made that catch, but we haven't seen Odell play football in over a year. Now, the last time we did see him play, he was on his way to winning a Super Bowl MVP, but he tore an ACL after previously tearing another ACL. Who is Odell? The Ravens overpaid for him in excess of $15 million this year, but I believe Odell gonna earn all of that money, but the pressure is on, and at number one, Maybe the greatest coach to ever coach the National Football League, Bill Belichick. He's got six rings, but without Tom Brady, he's average. I don't say that as an insult. He literally is an average 500 head coach. Okay, that's my list. Non-quarterbacks under the most pressure. I got to bring in nine-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champ, mm-hmm. my dog, James is Jones. Is what is your list? Top five non-quarterbacks under the most pressure. You know pressure. what? What I like about your list, though, you got three coaches in there, right? It ain't us. <laughs> <laughs> it's the coaches. But no, mine, starting at number five, listen, it is Chase Young, right? You have a Pro Bowl as a rookie, and then you just went Got missing. It. We know you coming off of injury. Good they did point. not pick up your fifth-year option. Crazy. It is time to go. Show the world that you are that dude, right? Chase Young, the pressure is on you to say that you are one of the premier pass rushers and defensive players in this league. And then I'm going with Kevin Stefanski. Hmm. You have a superstar quarterback, yep. right? He getting all the practices under his belt. He True. ain't coming in there and his legs rusty, arm rusty. You add a mo- you have Amari Cooper. You have a big-time defense. You just as a Darius Smith, everything is put together in Cleveland the right way. Nick Chubb is there, run game. You should be able to have a really good season. The pressure's on you. If you don't turn this thing around this I year, see Odell. I see OBJ. You have an opportunity to get with Munkin, what you just said, right? So the playbook's the same. You know all the plays. You know where you're going. And you are back in a position to be a bona fide number one wide receiver. Cooper Cup ain't over there. We know you got some weapons over there, but yep. you are the number one, right? When they go in there and Todd Munkin is drawing up these plays, how can we get it to OBJ? So we are going to see. Can you stay healthy? Can you get back Darren to that OBJ? Darren Waller, an unfamiliar name Ooh. for some viewers at home. Darren Waller traded from the Las Vegas Raiders to the New York Giants. The highest paid tight end the Travis Kelsey in the National Tra- Football League. That's what I was thinking. So you better earn your money, Darren Waller, right? 20, 28 catches, 300 and some yards. That's not enough for the highest paid tight end in the National Football League. You can run. You have all the talent. Can you stay on the field? Can you make Daniel Jones better? Saquon Barkley better? We're going to see, but the pressure is on. You're going to have to do something. And then the man that everybody's been waiting for, Kellen Moore. You come from the number one offense with the Dallas Cowboys, and you go to a place with a better quarterback, better receivers, 
a better running back. You have everything there to be the number one offense again. But if Herbert takes a step back Uh with the way you are calling these plays, Uh people are going to be calling for your head. It is not a good fit. Maybe he's not that type of offense coordinator that he thought he was because he has everything to score 30-plus points a game easily. The pressure is on, Kevin. I like that list. Let's head back to the desk. Let's head back to the desk. Let's head back to the desk. Kevin Stefanski of the Browns, I see on James' list. Mm -hmm. Joy, I know you have somebody Brown-specific. Who do you think Mm -hmm. is the non-quarterback under the most pressure? Yeah, I think it's for all the same reasons for the most part, except it's Andrew Barry. I'm going to go a step ahead because he is the GM of the Cleveland Browns. And as we know, that's the person that got that contract that fully guaranteed $230 million for Deshaun Watson to bring him to the Cleveland Browns. Now, we know Kevin Stefanski can coach because he had Baker Mayfield rolling. You can say what you want about Baker Mayfield <laughs> after that. So I, I don't have questions about whether Kevin Stefanski can coach or not. I do have questions about whether Deshaun Watson is going to be worth $230 million guaranteed, and that's going to fall on Andrew Barry to me. I'm going to go with Packers GM Brian Gutekunst. Ooh! Because he's the one who picked Jordan Love mm. as the heir apparent mm. for Aaron Rodgers. Mm. He was the one who decided it's time, Aaron, for you to go. It's time for, me, for Jordan to show what he's capable of, didn't have to do either one of those things, right? And so because of the way things ended so contentiously, I got to think everybody's now watching and they're looking at Jordan Love and it's not Aaron Rodgers and who's responsible for this change? Mm. Ooh, that might be Brian Kudukunst. But I have a question for the two of you, especially. I didn't see Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I got Mike McCarthy on my list. Anywhere on your list. Mike ain't the problem. <laughs> I don't, I don't Mike, think Mike I don't McCarthy's think Mike's under a ton of pressure. What? Mike ain't the problem, though. He just moved Kellen Moore out and yes. said the problem with Dak Prescott is, or was, Kellen Moore. You go first. Mike Jay. McCarthy came over there to the Dallas Cowboys, and the Dallas Cowboys wasn't doing nothing, correct? Eight, and he said, you it. know what, this is the way. This is what I'm going to do. We're going to change this thing around. And they have had winning seasons back-to-back. Same thing he did when he came to Green Bay. Green Bay, terrible season. Coach Fire, Coach Mike coming there, right? 2007, 13-3 with Brett Favre. And then the rest is history with Aaron Rodgers. Changing programs around. Mike has come into the Dallas Cowboys and changed, whether you like it or not, changed the Dallas Cowboys around. And whether we like it or not, the Dallas Cowboys is one of the best teams in the NFC with a chance to be in the NFC Championship competing for a Super Bowl. And Coach Mike has a lot to do with that, period. Joy, did we not just have a conversation not too long ago where I was hearing all about the urgency of the Dallas Cowboys? It is, Cowboys it's time, because it's time to win a championship. Is. No doubt. Yeah. Huh? But, uh, but, uh, no, it's, you're right. Like, it's going to fall on Mike McCarthy. I agree with you. He's just, it's, the fact it's, is, it's not, it was not, crazy. It's not going to fall on Dak. The question is just what is it that will fall? The, the pressure. Be, correct. But I don't know that there isn't much of it because he's won 12 games the last two years. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're going like, to – I don't think anyone's going to get fired. No. Like, uh, to be clear, nothing's going to happen. Again, it, 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 <laughs> nothing is going to happen. Dallas is cool. The <laughs> fans are happy. Everyone is we them boys. It doesn't matter what they do well, or do nothing not is gonna, Nothing is going to happen if they have a good season and make it to the playoffs. Correct. If they lay an egg Correct. and don't now, have a good season and don't make it to the playoffs, now, now, now Mike is under pressure. We have problems, and he 
could be up sure, out Sure, but, but no, that's no one's anticipating. That would be hard. Too good of Correct. a football team, too good of a roster for that to happen. Correct. So that's why I'm like, Mike. <sighs> yeah, you're right. The standard's not Super Bowl in Dallas anyway, so it don't matter. I mean, he just he's done well. My mom is a Cowboys she, fan, so. She like, everybody rack up them stats. Coach Mike, get your 12 yeah. wins. Super Bowl ain't yeah. in y'all. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you later. <laughs> Greetings, soccer fans. Are you ready for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup? Because we are. That's right. Australia and New Zealand, look out. State of the Union is coming. Off the post and in. And we'll be going above and beyond down under. We'll have new podcast episodes every single match day. So follow Alexi Lalas's State of the Union on the Fox app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Saquon Barkley Giants, they have until Monday, America, to get a long-term deal done. After Monday, he can only play this season on the franchise tag, but here's the problem. He doesn't want to play on the franchise tag. Word on the street, the Giants offered him $13 million a year. He wanted $16 million a year. Just what the reports say. New York Giants offered star running back Saquon $13 a year, 26 over the first two years. That's what sources tell Pro Football Talk. But Saquon quote tweeted that simply, cap emoji, cap emoji. Basically, if you don't understand that, if you're older than maybe 39, <laughs> I'll give James credit. Oh, there we uh, go. <laughs> Kids keep you young, you know what I'm saying? Slick knows what cap means. Cap. Look, what you talking about, Willis? Slick, you be asking for way too many explanations <laughs> in the group chat. That is not, <laughs> no, no, no. No, don't, not, sell, don't sell Slick out like that. It was a very complicated situation. Slick didn't know what OS no, stood for. He no. thought it was of, not what? only things. No, what? That's a good thing. I, I, I maintain <laughs> that is a good thing. I did, not, I did not ask that question. Yeah. You it asked was, a lot of questions It had to do with baby mamas. We're not supposed to share Slick group chat like, conversations on this true. show. That is true. You're going to sanitize the group I, chat. You know, be, you know Slick gonna, from the base. I'm going to have his back. I'm going to try to work my way we're going to get a jar. No, we're going to get a, it's not a swear jar because we can't swear. It's a group chat jar. You got to put a dollar in. <laughs> You're right. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all. Okay. Saquon Barkley, to remind you all, he was fourth in the National Football League last year in rushing yards. Saquon Barkley has had over 2,000 yards all purpose in a season before. That's incredibly hard to do. He is a superstar running back. The problem, they are at an impasse. Giants, they want Saquon to play on the tag. Saquon, he doesn't want to play on that one year, 10 million dollar deal he wants longer term guarantees yes. jay what side are you on whose side are you on i'm on saquon barkley's side 24 7 he has earned the right to get a new contract he's earned the right to be one of the highest paid running backs in the national football league he's let you know that hey man i'm not trying to reset the market i just want to get paid for what i mm. think i'm valued at right and when you look at some of these running backs that's making some money Right. Obviously, you got Christian McCaffrey up there at 16 million. You got Joe Mixon and those boys around 12 million. Alvin Kamara at 15 million. Let's meet at 14. Like th this is really frustrating to me because we see this happen 24 seven. And it's frustrating because why don't people want to pay their star players? I do not understand it. I can understand if you have a star player that is a cancer to the team, you know what I mean? Not really good in the locker room and all that. Then yes, you have reasons to be like, you know what, man, I, we don't like how he is in the locker room. So look, we ain't gonna guarantee him no long-term contract. 
Saquon Barkley is a New York Giant and has done it the right way True. since he has Very stepped true. on that field and yes, stepped sir. in that locker room for you. So it's really frustrating when you find ways to pay other guys on the team and you're beating around the bush to pay your superstar mm-hmm. players. And if we look at it right now, you're probably talking about one to two million dollars that they off. Like, you can't take care of your guy for one or two million dollars and be able to restructure this thing or do it the way that Saquon Barkley is happy to get him in the building. And like Joy said yesterday, y'all not serious about winning in if you cannot get the best player on your football team in the building happy to play some football. I like that. I like that take a lot. If I had to pick a side, I would say I'm on the Giants side. And the reason I'm on the Giants side is because $10 million is no small fee. The reason I'm on the Giants' side is because if Saquon Barkley were to play on the tag this year, worst-case scenario, okay, you get tagged again next year. You're talking about $22 million guaranteed over two years. The only players making more than that would be Christian McCaffrey. That would be fair. Joe Mixon. I'd be like, oh, I understand Christian that. Christian McCaffrey been healthy his whole career? He has not at all. So He's been all pro. He's been all pro. Derrick Henry? He's been all pro. That's hard to do. Uh, Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry leads the league in rushing or active uh, running back. I'm saying you could put Saquon Barkley's you numbers could. in there too. You absolutely could. Want to. And that is but fair. I'm just saying you keep bringing up injuries. These other dudes been injured and paid. That is, Alvin Kamara injured and I'm paid. I'm not saying that is unfair. What I'm saying is Saquon would now be in the conversation with those gentlemen. No. He would be in that dialogue. It's not like Saquon is in a whole other room. If he is making the same amounts of money as Kamara, as Mixon, as, as, as Henry, as McCaffrey, I'd say to myself, you know what? That is fair. It, it's kind of like, don't let the franchise tag play you. Play it instead. We saw mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins do it. And if I'm not mistaken, Kirk Cousins has made more money than just about every other player at the position. Dak Prescott was en route to doing it, and he still played the Dallas Cowboys. Different position, I get it. But really, what is operative there is, are you going to stay healthy and are you invaluable? So I, if I have to pick a side, I'm on the Giants side. But $10 million, I won't scoff at. Yeah, well, Giant side. here's the thing. Um, oh, gee. Christian McCaffrey has been injured, but timing is everything. Christian McCaffrey was, was healthy through his first three years, played all 16 games, had 2,000 uh, total yards, 1,000 uh, yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving. And then he signed the deal that he got. Mm-hmm. Saquon only got two years in of healthy, 16 and 13 games, and then, and then broke down. So he didn't get the opportunity for them to invest in him in the same way. So the problem that I have is not that I don't want to see Saquon, because to James' point, like he's done everything right. He is the, the heart of why your team goes offensively. But am I going to invest in that at Christian McCaffrey level money? What I don't know is I'm hearing that I mean, we've gotten two things. He wants Christian McCaffrey money. He said They're offering $13 million. Right? He said both of them cap. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so what's the <laughs> truth? I don't know what the truth know. is. 14 right? million. What? 14 million in that ballpark. Uh, I, I, if that's the case and then the Giants don't do that, then I would say, you, so, you, look, for 14 million, that seems reasonable to get this done, right? I just don't know. So based on what I know or what has been reported, I, I can't pay him Christian McCaffrey money because he may not be trying to reset the market, but the market seems to be being reset for running backs now. We well, are see, seeing not, less being invested in that. I know Joy has to go, but that's not Saquon Barkley's fault. Saquon Barkley is. is the next man up, right? These quarterbacks. Is Kyler Murray the best quarterback in the National Football League? He was the next quarterback up right. to break the bank. 
Who's next after him? Lamar Jackson. Who's going to be next after him? JoJo Burrow, right? He's next. So even what, with what Christian McCaffrey got, with what Saquon Barkley has done, Dane, there's the same stuff that Christian McCaffrey done, but he's just the next guy. And you got to pay him like that, and that's all he's saying. The Giants are 42-71-1 since 2016. Mm. They are 28-53 and 53 mm. since 2018. I don't care what the Giants have to say about <laughs> anything. This is why I'm very picky with praise of organizations. Now, the Giants have had their moments of success, of course, but it ain't been recent, mm. not even kind of recent. So if I'm going to refer to or default to, now this organization knows what they're doing, you're going to have to put together a string of a few more years than one nine-win season mm -hmm. and then jump to pay Daniel Jones, which, by the way, you messed that up too, Big which time. is why you had to pay him so much. Mm -hmm. So cry me a river about that as well. That was your fault that you had to pay Daniel Jones that. You could have done that deal earlier, and you know why you didn't? Because Daniel Jones wasn't that good. Mm -hmm. So now you're in a situation where the best player, not just the best player on your team, mm -hmm. The only reason we have said the New York football Giants in the past four years is Saquon Barkley. Well, well. The only person that we talk about on that roster for the last four years has been Saquon Barkley. Now, look, I don't believe in loyalty when it comes to professional sports, but I do believe in strategy, yeah. right? I do believe in commitment. And Saquon just came off of a great year. If we're arguing for this with Saquon and he had a, a great year the year before and was injured, okay, I, we can, can, can entertain that. But he's, he's come off of a year where he's not only healthy mm -hmm. to the top of the league, mm -hmm. but also with our eyeballs, yeah. we watched him win those games. You should look at Acho when you say those last couple of parts. He's healthy. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm preaching the choir with you, James. I'm just saying I, I don't see how you could be this far apart with your best player. I don't like when organizations act shocked. Oh, my God, it's time to pay Saquon Barkley? Nobody, I, I missed that. Did it go to my spam? I didn't miss that memo that this was coming up. Plan for this. Strategize for this. This is a player that wins you games. Mm. If you want to play around with this type of player's money, that sends a message to me without the or, throughout the organization because you can't be that far apart on this money. Saquon's the next, next man up. All those other guys that you mentioned have been injured. Running backs get injured. And I understand that there's a certain market for running backs that's been flexible and gone down over the years, and we value them and we don't value them. But Saquon Barkley is Saquon. We're not talking about some guy who had some breakout year. So I just don't understand how you can be this far apart on the money. Spread it out so that the guaranteed money is reasonable. You can give them a longer deal with guaranteed money up front, restructure other people's contracts. It's just, I, I can't default to tr trusting the Giants. What, what am I you, trusting the Giants can we, for? Can we default to this? Because I think this is fair. Mm. I can default at minimum to trusting Brian Dable. 2022 coach of the year. It's hard to do. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of he coaches. Did it, he did it for a lot one of year. Minds. He did, did it for, it for one year. year. We also saw what he did with Josh Allen. And he did that for a couple years. We can scoff at that. We can laugh at that. We can ha-ha and kiki at that if we want to. But we can also look at the numbers. I have say, a lot of respect you know for Brian Dayball. So, Brian Dayball was not a part of not picking up Saquon Barkley's fifth-year fifth option. Nor was the Brian Dayball was not a part of not picking up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. Brian Dayball was a part of Daniel Jones having the best season of his career. Yep. And Brian Dable was a part. He was not maybe the main part. We can argue everything. But he was a part of Saquon Barkley having his best year since 2019. A part of it. Oh, he wasn't a part of it at Saquon all. Saquon was Saquon before. And at, course, that, yes. at that position, uh, at that why, position, like, I have a lot of respect for Brian Dable. He did but a great you better job. believe. But you, you can put the Daniel Jones thing with Brian Dable. I don't want to hear it. I know, but, I said, but I you said, better believe Brian Dable had a lot of say-so 
I, in no bringing doubt. back Daniel Jones. No doubt, I So agree. where's the say-so for 26? Because my thought is this, and again, I said he was a part mm-hmm. of Saquon Barkley's success. He clearly was a part of Saquon Barkley's success. Where is the say-so is, it's $10 million. Who, I just, who was a part of Saquon Barkley's success? Brian Dable. He put the 30th ranked offensive line in front of Saquon. Okay, so if you put the 30th ranked offensive line together and you know you can still scheme up and help scheme up 1,300 yards for an individual, that's doing something. Because you know schematically, and we talked about it off camera, if you can scheme up something and allow Daniel Jones to rush for 750 yards, you're doing something right. I know you are a football mind and you my dog. Did you see some of them runs Saquon Barkley made this season I on the, the football run. field. I saw the run. It had nothing to do with scheme. No, it had nothing to do with blocking. That's objectively it false. had everything to do with Saquon, that's, and Saquon made why, this team an offense Here's better. why that is objectively false. I have to watch and re-watch the Minnesota Vikings game versus the New York Giants in the playoffs in preparation for watching the Eagles play the Giants. And schematically, Saquon Barkley's long touchdown run was a pleasure of scheme. Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, the linebacker for the Vikings, were like, zoom, 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 zoom. Saquon going to the end zone. So, so I went to a couple of Giants games, especially the one in London, and I seen a lot of schemes that they was running too. A couple of the schemes, the quarterback was on the sideline. The 26 was that quarterback. That was a scheme, right? I don't know too many people that that's matters. gonna take their quarterback off the field. But, that but you know, but what I'm getting to is you know 26 is your best player. You cannot scheme like that if 26 is not there. We talked about it yesterday. When 26 is there off the bus, we gotta stop him. Not stop Daniel Jones. Not stop the receivers that's out there. We have to stop 26. Here's what and I will he say. was able to scheme because he had a guy oh, the only like thing, 26. The only thing I will say is Brian Dable has enough of a sample size in my mind as an OC, mm-hmm. as an HC, and as that's an offensive why mind coach. for me and to he trust. He got a big sample size, too, to give him his bread. He does. He does. But, like, I, I will default. If I can trust somebody, I will trust Brian Dable. Giants, no. But Dayball, mm. have no choice. Hey. Have no choice. Hey, hey, y'all, y'all apologize for Acho, man. I know, I know he sound like he, well, he ain't our brother. He didn't take strap on a helmet and come on the field back in with the organization. But I'm with you. I feel where you're coming from. I'm a businessman, <laughs> sir. I'm a, a businessman. Giannis Antetokounmpo and Steph Curry are still with the teams that drafted them last time I checked. Well, when I checked on social media last night, I saw something very interesting, James. I saw somebody tweeted the last two remaining loyal players in the league. They don't make them like this anymore. With a picture of Giannis and Steph celebrating, Giannis, quote, tweets with the prayer, hands, a mo, joy. Does loyalty matter? Because obviously Dame Lillard in the height of him trying to get traded, this is most pressing. Does loyalty matter in the NBA? No, it does not. Um, Giannis is very loyal, though. He's still on Twitter, so there's, the, there's that. <laughs> Loyalty has never mattered in the NBA. It's never been important. Yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, does anyone want to call him uh, disloyal? Anyone want to step up? Step up to the plate? No. No? Pass? On him, yeah. Ah, I'm sure. It's a good choice. <laughs> you ready to call Kareem a disloyal individual, Slick? Because almost 50 nah, years ago, not going there. he said, trade me. Trade. Get me gone. I would like to leave. Yeah. Make it happen. Yep. And no one is calling Kareem disloyal. You know why? Because he's not a disloyal person. The NBA is a business. Mm-hmm. And loyalty and business do not go together. You can try. You will spend a lot of time mm. sifting through that nonsense because it's not real. 
Now, commitments in business are important. We usually have them on paper and we both sign them. So it's a legal document that if someone decides to change their mind, we take it to somebody and we sort that out. The idea of loyalty, it's too big of a word. It's too emotional of a word. I know like, you know, women were supposed to be the emotional ones, but like you gotta compartmentalize things. You are a writer. We all speak on television. Words are very important. People pick apart our words. We pick apart words from athletes and break down. You know, are they overconfident for saying mm-hmm. that they have answers for everything? It's what we do. So loyalty is a word that should not get thrown around because it stirs emotions. If someone calls you disloyal, that's crazy. You, I am not disloyal. It's like calling someone a coward. Mm-hmm. It's fighting words. No doubt. But it doesn't make sense. You can't call somebody a coward in any setting because mm-hmm. that, that means a lot. So, no, loyalty doesn't matter in the NBA. And, and I know it's nice to have players that stick with organizations. <laughs> Y'all from the Bay? Yay! Steph is in, like, a pretty nice situation. It's easy to be loyal when somebody's loyal back to you. Say that one more time. Ugh. Everything good over there. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to work every day. You're happy. You're winning championships. Organizations developing players. Got a great coach owner willing to spend anything, yeah. build a new facility, you live in Silicon Valley. You How about Giannis? You win a championship, win a they want to bring in an MVP the next year. You know? Giannis, Giannis, what was Giannis doing before they uh, went out and brought Drew Holiday Ooh. in? Mm. Who else they got up there? Lopez. Who else they got up there? Lopez. Mm. He wasn't drafted there. P.J. Tucker, Chris Middleton. Mm. Yeah, it's nice. It's easy to be loyal to an organization when they go out and get great players to put around you. Mm-hmm. Giannis is a great player. He wasn't winning nothing without those guys. Who brought them in? Was Giannis out there recruiting them? Sure wasn't. The Milwaukee Bucks were. Yeah. So it's easy to be loyal when someone wakes up every day. Good morning. You want your coffee? How's your day? You get home at night, got a nice meal, house is clean. That's easy to be loyal to. And some people not even loyal to that. So I can't, I you, you really have to establish what it is. I was going to let her finish cooking. I would do the whole cook. How much uh, time we got left? Uh, Five minutes? I got plenty uh, more. We got that. more. Um, cook. Loyalty matters. If anybody got anything to say, that's my dog. (laughs) That's my dog. Loyalty loyalty absolutely matters. Now, there's a lot to say. The first thing I'll say is, if loyalty did not matter, then that ring that LeBron James won in Cleveland would not have been so emotional, not only to the Cleveland fans. I was drafted to the Cleveland Browns. I know those fans. I'm not speaking about the talent. I'm just speaking about loyalty. If loyalty did not matter, Dirk Nowitzki would not have Nowitzki Boulevard named after him in downtown Dallas. If loyalty did not matter, then we wouldn't think as highly of Tim Duncan. Remember, I went to college in Austin. Alamo Dome in San Antonio is an hour and a half down the road. If loyalty did not matter, Kobe Bryant's mural, God rest his soul, may not be as plastered all over Los Angeles as it is. Obviously, Kobe said he wanted out, but he did not leave. Loyalty matters. Furthermore, loyalty is also dependent upon a two-way relationship. I will say it once, mm. I will say it again. Drew Holiday is a very good player. He's a close friend of mine. Friend of mine, I won't say close friend. He's a friend of mine. Drew Holiday had been to one All-Star game in 2012-2013 before joining the Milwaukee Bucks. Chris Middleton had not been to an All-Star game before Giannis was an MVP. Dirk Nowitzki, when he won a championship, he won it with Jason Terry, who wasn't even anything but a six-man of the year, and he did not become a six-man of the year until he joined Dirk Nowitzki. How great are players once they join a great player, and does that great player make those players even greater? So 
I do believe loyalty matters, but I also believe situations are great dependent upon how great you can make that situation, albeit you do have help. But I do think, Slick, it is your responsibility to elevate your help. Yeah. Loyalty does matter. And I, I am shocked that Joy Taylor is going to say that it does not matter when the team in Miami is built Friendship. Loyalty. Friendship. They're consistent. Well, loyalty can is a two-way street. Ain't but, it though? But, but, but I'm saying, Ain't are we, it though? Are we talk talking about it, Slick? It's a two-way street. We talking loyalty to your teammates or organization? But does it matter uh, to an organization? Okay. And the Miami Heat have demonstrated. Giannis Haslam has been there 150 years. Maybe 151. <laughs> he's, he's been there forever. Um, I, I'll tell you a quick story. Brian Grant, they acquired in the power forward, right? Had to move heaven and earth to make that work for contract reasons. And then when they had a chance to get Shaquille O'Neal, they traded him away. And Brian had done nothing but worked hard for the Miami Heat. Sacrificed his body. When Alonzo Mourning got hurt, he, they, he suddenly had to play center. And he had lightened up to play down there. Now he had to play, to play a, a much tougher position. When he left, Pat Riley said, he, he wrote him a, a, a note and said, this is a forever card. If you ever need me at any time, you call me, and I will be there for you. And when Brian was contracted with Parkinson's, and he had a fundraiser, Pat Riley was there. Pat Riley not only had the Miami Heat donate to the fund, but he said, me and my wife are going to match what they are giving. That counts. Players know that. Players understand that. Now, Miami Heat ask a lot of every player. But any player who delivers, they stand by them. And to me, that is as big a part of the culture as anything else that the Miami Heat have. And it's why they have been consistently good and great in spite of whoever they get. Great story. Um, But that's my dog. And I got a question for you. You played in the National Football League. Are organizations loyal? To most, not at all. Not, thank you. So you guys are touching on one or two players here and there to where an organization may have showed loyalty. We, you, we played in the National Football League for a very long time. If you, they feel like you paid one more dollar than you should be making, bye-bye. They feel like you coming off an injury and you ain't that same player, bye-bye. It is zero loyalty. Same thing in the NBA. It is zero loyalty to the players. So you shouldn't have no loyalty towards the organization because these organizations consistently have not shown loyalty to the players in no profession. If you can't get the job done, even though you done played through injury, you done did all this stuff for the, for the organization, you may have brought the organization a championship. It does not matter. What we looking at right now, you can't help us, it's zero loyalty. Right? That, that, that's just how it is, right? And yes, you got certain players that Giannis and, and Steph Curry, but they weren't on terrible teams, so they really didn't have an opportunity to show a lot of loyalty. Bron Bron didn't go back to Cleveland to a terrible team to say, I'm here with you, Cleveland, loyal. No, he went back to superstar because he knew they had an opportunity to win a championship. And yes, he was proud he was able to do that for a city. These organizations, since the leagues have started, have not shown loyalty to the players. 
And that's why when you walk into the National Football League or NBA, number one, the National Football League stand for not long. Number two, you know when you walk in that door, I'm probably not going to play for one team for my whole career, no matter how great I am. You could go back to the Brett Favre, the Eli Mannings, the Kurt Warners, whoever you want to go to, right? Great superstars, going to have statues up in front of the stadium and all that. You know what? Peyton, your time has come. You know what, Brett? We got a young phenom behind you. You done gave this organization 19 years. We appreciate you. It's time to go. Mm-hmm. They've never shown loyalty. So as for players, it's no reason for you to show loyalty to them, period. I, I agree with both you and Joy in the fact of I don't think loyalty should be mandated. But I do think loyalty is often rewarded. That's where I'm getting at. Like, it, I think look, look at look at look at what Saquon Barkley is you, going through right now. We, we we it was the top of the show. We're talking about Saquon Barkley. The only reason we talked about the Giants for the past four years, mm. they've been terrible, mm. terrible, irrelevant, not competitive, not relevant within their own division that is won by a different team every single year. They have been irrelevant, and they are trying not to pay him. Yeah. Well, not, it's not about being rewarded. Or, and it's, I hear what you're saying about culture, and I do think that matters. But, but I don't think it's about loyalty. You, the, the story that you're telling is about a guy that they let go. Relationships within organizations or, or organizations keep treating players with respect. Mm. Respect is different than loyalty. Understood. You can respect someone and respectfully mm. not work with them anymore. Yeah. You can respectfully leave them. There, the problem I have with this is, first of all, I know too much. And once I know something, I can't go back. I can't unlearn. I can't unsee. Mm -hmm. And the stories that I've heard Mm. and the experiences that I have watched with my own eyeballs of organizations tossing players that they had once put on this massive pedestal, just just tossing them aside. Hold on. Tossing them aside. That doesn't mean at the end of the day that your relationship with that organization won't be resolved. Mm -hmm. That when you retire, you won't go back and solve things and and be a face for them again or be an advocate for them or go back and and rekindle those relationships or even go work for that team again. There's all variations of it. But the idea of loyalty is what I struggle with because it villainizes players. It doesn't villainize organizations. Mm -hmm. Organizations always get away with cutting players, trading players, moving off of players, retiring players, retiring Mm -hmm. coaches. They always get away with it as they should because the organization's goal should be winning and rewarding the fans sure. but what i don't like about loyalty is it always puts players individuals Man. who have short <clears throat> careers who put their bodies on the line and puts them in a villainous space because of a big loaded word that shouldn't apply to business yeah. and, and 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 it goes back i, and go I know back. you gotta, I gotta go break. we'll come back you lucky back. Ooh, you lucky <laughs> i'm lucky i sat here and listened <laughs> Well, Damian Lillard does not want to stay in Portland. He's made that abundantly clear. He's trying to get up out to Miami. Reports say the Heat are, quote, pretty close. Now, Slick Rick off camera is currently grinning, and you'll see that grin shortly thereafter. But Paul Pierce, Hall of Famer, he said, quote, you put them together, they won't make it out the first round. That's Paul Pierce in regards to if you put Dame on the Heat, they won't make it out of the first round. Joy Taylor's not grinning. It does not seem like she's appeased by that. Um, Joy, would Dame Lillard make the Heat favorites in the East? I mean, game six, Boston, that's all I guess. <laughs> um, but will, he make, will he make the Heat better? Yeah, will he make them better? Will he make, make them favorites in the East? East? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know what the Heat got to do to get respect around here. Talk to them, Joy. I don't you know might what have to say, do. Say, it, okay. say it a little stronger, Joy, if you're there. I'm going mean, to say nothing. <laughs> the heat, they, they won the East last year without Damian Lillard. Oh. Did they not? <laughs> 
They did. They did. They're not coming back. It's the same Miami Heat. Again, Miami, I know we just got to be grateful to get the invitation. (laughs) It's very nice that they consider us every single year for the play. Like, it's an invitational, right? She does this passive passive aggressive. It's nice nice of them to remember the city of Miami when they consider the basketball tournament. It's like an invitational, right? Like, AAU, like, yeah, we invite invite them boys in Miami. They're they're nice. Nobody is saying Oh, it's fun. Nobody is saying We, we don't we don't even say this like in the room in the back. We, don't, we never say we we never play there, this card. There are good teams. There are, there are a few good teams in the Eastern Conference. I'm yes. not I'm not going to even go too far down the line. There are a few good teams that we have in the contention conversation every single year. Boston, no doubt, right? Deservedly so because mm. they made it to the finals. Milwaukee because they won a championship. No doubt, yes, they right? did. Absolutely did. And then we. Where else we going? Where who go else Philly we got? It could go Philly, yeah, but they're gonna, nice. they, they, they possibly going to lose James nice. Harden. It's very nice that we we continue to include yeah. Philadelphia because that, they do not go past the second round of the playoffs. But we insist. I mean, I like the Cowboys. Like we like we gotta put them in contention, <laughs> yeah. right? Because because they have the league MVP. Yeah. So we gotta put them in contention. All right. So then who else we got? Who else we want to invite? That's it. Those That's are it. No, we're good. For me, we're good. We can cut it right. So we add Damian Lillard to a team that the gentleman sweep of the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round of the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, yeah. took care of the Knicks. Yeah. Then beat Boston. Uh. Beat who? So it was a miracle. I'm all, a miracle. Who we beat? Praise <laughs> the Lord for this miracle. Thank you for these blessings. And uh, then went to, went to the finals for the second time in the last four years. So, yes, I think that Damon Lillard would make the Heat better, and I think that they would be one of the favorites to make it out of the East. If the, if everyone, if the NBA wants to be nice and invite one us of, again. One of, yeah. one of the favorites I would agree with wholeheartedly, Jay. I would agree with wholeheartedly, Sick. Would he make the Heat the favorite? No. What's so fascinating to me is, like, to be the favorite, I'm now anticipating you will go as far with more ease or you will go further. And more than that, like, we will actually anticipate you going that far. Nobody beat the, picked mm. the Heat to beat the Bucks, rightfully so. Yes. The Heat outplayed the Bucks severely. I am not naive enough to completely omit and ignore Giannis being hurt, but had Giannis played the whole time, I don't know, I can't call it, yeah. and he didn't play the whole time. That's it. So with that being said, I'm, I'm thinking about Dame joining the Heat, and I'm like, will he help do for them what the depth did for them. What did the Heat need in the finals? Mm. They needed scoring. They, they needed need, dang. What did they need in the championship? No doubt about it. That's a what star. I'm, that, no doubt. And mama, here he comes. No doubt. <laughs> okay. But what did they need to get there? Mm. That's the question. Mm -hmm. What they needed to get there was depth, Mm -hmm. which is what I believe they would sacrifice for Dane, which is why they are not the favorite to me. What they needed to win, Jay, is different than what they needed to get there. Mm -hmm. So what you needed to win Mm -hmm. was a star. What you needed to win was buckets. Mm -hmm. What you needed to win was somebody who could try to go man for man, mano for mano, cat for cat with Jamal Murray. That's what you needed to win. Mm -hmm. But what you needed to get there was Kayla Martin getting four Eastern Conference Finals MVP votes. What you needed to get there was Gabe Vincent averaging 18 points versus New York Knicks. What you needed to get there was depth. What you needed to win was Dame. But with Dame Slick, I'm not convinced they will get there to even have the opportunity to win. Yeah, to your point. And I almost feel like I have to to, uh, run my uh, Miami Heat takes past Joy now. (laughs) (laughs) Now you do? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Get them approved? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I agree with you. Uh, One of the favorites. One of the favorites. I can't say that they would be the favorite. First yeah, of all, it's tough to who would say. be the favorite? Again, yeah. What's that? Who would be the favorite? If I had to pick a favorite. You do have to pick a favorite, because I just asked you. It better not be the team they swept. 
They, oh. just, they didn't sweep anybody. Gen- gentleman oh. sweep. Gentleman sweep. Gentleman yeah. sweep. Yeah. It's a gentleman sweep. It was a kind yeah. sweep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It would be the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. Dog. That's why I rock. Mm. And, and largely because Giannis was hurt for mm. two and a half. Uh, two and a half of those games. They, it wasn't a fully formed yeah. Milwaukee Bucks. Not at all. Team. Not at all. We saw that with our own eyes. So, uh, but with the, the Heat and, and Damian, I think the one thing that we're looking past, because I do agree, like the question is with the depth. Because how they got there, they didn't get there with just Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was a big part of them getting there. But they would have, not every night, but Max Struess gave them a big game. Caleb Martin gave them several big games. Gabe Vincent gave them a couple big games. They got it from different places. And Damian would have to fulfill all of those. Mm-hmm. Damian's got to give you a big game every night. Now, this is what I feel like they can go toe-to-toe without even knowing what the depth is why they can go to toe, toe-to-toe and why I am bullish on the Miami Heat, it's because I look at Damian and Jimmy and Bam, and I could make the case that not only does Damian make them better, mm. but that we may see the best version of Damian Lillard that we've ever seen. Come on now. Because I could make the case that Bam Adebayo is going to be the best big that he's ever played with, the most dynamic one going both. And yes, I know you're going to say better than Lamar. As a two-way player, as a two-way player for Damian, as a better defensive player, as I'm, I'm, and, a, and a better passer because they've used him as a playmaker. Give you pass. Go ahead, sir. So he can now play off the ball. Jimmy Butler. Like, C.J. McCollum was good, but he was duplicative of what Damian did. True. Jimmy gives you a whole different angle. It's, it's very much like the, the Golden State Warriors, where Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry, their respective strengths balanced each other, as opposed to, say, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker. If you're asking me which threesome I would rather have, I will take the Miami Heat Correct. threesome over the Phoenix Suns one mm. any day. Mm-hmm. All right, and this one maybe have more stars. How about over the Milwaukee Bucks threesome? Bucks, baby. If healthy, who are you taking? I would lean Bucks. No doubt. <sighs> yeah, I have to. They've already proved that they can win a championship. They have. All right, here we go, man. Bay Area stand up. Yay! Dame Dollar. That's why he got the zero on his jersey. All right. Let me tell you something. When he, he does, does, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Enjoy it. The purpose of a call and response. The purpose of a call and response is for you to call and somebody else to respond. Oh, you can't call and respond. <laughs> Bay Area stand up. Hey, Bay Area stand up. <laughs> Sneeze and saying God bless you to him. Oh, yeah, James. Hey, nobody said you, you got to say it, though, right? But he also said thank you. James, he sneezed. God bless you. Here we go, man. If you need me to step in, you got to give me a little nod. I couldn't because, like I said, you ain't really have his back in that segment right there. But listen, when he does walk in this building for the Miami Heat, they are the favorites. They, they, their big three up against anybody's big three, I'm taking Dame Dial in the big three. I think they are going to gel together really well like you touched on. You have a head coach and Coach Spolstra who's been a part of big threes yeah. and found ways to have these guys play at a high level. True. Had them kind of be humble superstars to win this championship. So he is going to understand how to make this thing go with those three. Then when you listen to what Miami is talking about giving up, Tyler Hero, 
How did how did he do in the playoffs? Didn't wasn't there? He wasn't there, mm-hmm. right? So he 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 didn't even help, mm-hmm. right? And you can say he helped in the regular season for what? A playing game? <laughs> so they giving up Tyler Hero and three first round picks. We don't hear Caleb Martin in there. We don't hear Duncan Robinson in there. If they find a way mm-hmm. to keep those two guys yeah. and put Dame Dollar in there. Yeah. With the two other yep. All-Stars, yep. this is the favorite in the East yep. with Dame Dollar. And like you said, Slick, they are going, Dame Dollar's going to make everybody on that team better. I agree. Period. I agree with that wholeheartedly. You keep those dudes, Oh, yeah, then it's all Miami. It's all Miami. Mm. All right, coming up. Which NFL player has the most to prove this season? Which one of the players on your team, because you will see a player on your team, is a Tua, Herbert, Josh Allen, Justin Fields, Bryce Young, Bajan Robinson, who's got the most to prove this epic upcoming season? That's next on Speak. All right, y'all, we are getting closer to the start of a new NFL season. So many players have so much to prove this season. This is my top five players with the most to prove this upcoming season. At number five, at number five, Trayvon Diggs of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, here is why. Trayvon Diggs has had a 10-interception season. Many have argued he's the best cornerback in the league, but he's polarizing because if you talk to some defensive coordinators, they'll tell you, yo, he gets beat way too much. This is the most interesting thing. For Diggs, he was not a first-round pick. There is no fifth-year option to pick up. This is the year that he needs to become a $100 million player, but how can he do that? By balling out. That's a lot to prove. At number four, a person I know all too well, reps my alma mater, Bajan Robinson. Now you're thinking to yourself, Acho, how the heck does a rookie a rookie have a lot to prove. But John Robinson has the weight of the running back world on his shoulders. Y'all realize he's going to make more this year in cash than any running back in the National Football League, and he doesn't want to have one NFL scrimmage yard to his name. He has to prove that he should have been taken in the top 10. I, of course, think he will. At number three, Justin Herbert. Everybody has told me that he is a god, a football immortal man, but he has no playoff wins. Where they do that at? Three years, no playoff wins? Prove to me, prove to the world that you are as good as they say you are. Baker Mayfield had a playoff win through three years. Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, the list goes on and on and on. It's time for Herbert to join that list. At number two, Tua, Tonga Bailoa. Now, the Dolphins only won one game without Tua. It was against the Jets. The Joe Flacco-led Jets. Tua has to stay healthy and has to prove he can power up the ultra-dynamic offense of the Miami Dolphins. And at number one, it is where my eyes will be the entirety of the season, the man Justin Fields for the Chicago Bears. They've given him all the help you can ask for. DJ Moore, they traded for him. They forewent, foregone, however you say that word in the past tense, they forewent the first overall pick to support him. So Justin Fields has to prove to me that he's not feast or famine, that he is simply feast. And I actually need an iPad to show y'all exactly what I mean. If y'all recall, against the Detroit Lions, Justin Fields, it's second and 18. I need to just simply win the game. Look, second and 18. You're already up by seven. Just run the play out, run the clock out, throw the ball away. But what happens? You throw a pick six to Jeff Okuda. Okay, that is famine. That's the Justin Fields that I don't want to see. But you fast forward to the very next drive. Now, this is feast. This is what I need to see from Justin Fields all 
season long. This is what he's capable of, y'all. That's 60-plus yards to the crib. I want to see that exclusively from Justin Fields this year. What else I want to see? James Jones, your list, big dog. Hold on. I want to keep it right here first because okay. I got a little bone to pick with you with this number Talk one to right me. here. Talk to me. Justin Fields has not shown you he is a superstar in the National Football League. He ain't, he ain't showed you. You no. need to see more. I must see more. So is it on Justin Fields or is it on the organization, right? Because you showed a turnover, but if he didn't make a play last year for his football team, they wasn't going to win no games, correct? That's true. So for me, this is more on the organization. You know you have a superstar quarterback. Put what you need around your superstar quarterback. Yes, you got some nice pieces this year, yep. but you still need some more pieces to get to where you're trying to go. But here's the issue that I have. At the point in which you trade for Claypool at the end of last year, that is Chase Claypool. What do you do? You traded for him. He did absolutely Woo! nothing. He did absolutely nothing. Okay. But he is 6'4", 220 pounds, and he's had an 800-plus yard season with the Steelers. Mm -hmm. Darnell Mooney has had a 1,000-yard season. DJ Moore has had multiple 1,000-yard seasons with the Panthers. They drafted two running backs this year in the NFL draft, Roshan Johnson and a running back out of UCLA, if yep. I'm not mistaken. They are trying. Now Fields needs to try as well. Justin Fields, 12 touchdowns. Last six, seven games of the season, right? 17 on a year. More than a lot of these quarterbacks that think good. Seven in the league. Let me say it again. Seventh in the league in rushing. Seventh in the league in rushing. That's including the running backs. This dude's a superstar. They doing the right thing by him. Let he me see. Be number one. He let me be see a bit your more. list. You got you. My list. I'm, I'm going to talk to you. My list starting right here. Number five, I have OBJ. Odell Beckham Jr., right? You go into the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Action Jackson. We all know I'm a fan of Lamar Action Jackson, but everybody think, can he throw the ball like that? Can he spin it to his receivers? It's a lot of receivers. If Odell Beckham Jr. does not go out there and make Lamar Jackson better, look like the OBJ that was in the Super Bowl before he got hurt, and have a big-time season, he is not going to see another contract, and his team probably ain't going to be that good on the offensive Derek side of the Carr ball. Derek Carr at four surprises. Mm, my brother from another mother, Derek Carr. Listen, you come from the Las Vegas Raiders and the Oakland Raiders, right? You don't have a playoff win. You're going to a really good football team with a bunch of playmakers around you. Go and get Michael Thomas back in there. You're getting back with your former offensive coordinator Dennis Allen Tom Brady out of the division the yep. NFC ain't that strong there. it is time right now DC Derek Carr to go out here and show the world the Las Vegas Raiders was tripping okay I'll I understand Russell Wilson but at three as opposed to one no, no, no. Russ is at three, right? Russ is at three. The only reason why he's at three is because I'm a believer in Sean Payton, Fair. right? So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that Sean Payton is going to get you into really good situations like Dayball does and like he did with uh, Drew Brees. He's going to get him into really good situations, and Russ is going to do what he did in Seattle. Let's hope. One or two ain't there. Run and create. Yep. Quit trying to be special, stand in the pocket, do all this. That's not your style of play. So he will get help by Sean Payton. But if he doesn't and they lose, Ish. this might be the last year Russ and Denver Broncos. What does have to prove? Well, we all talk 24-7 on this show. The reason why they got kicked out of the playoffs because of who? Dak Prescott. Reason why they ain't go as far as they could have went because of who? Dak Prescott turned the ball over too many times last year. That's true. Dak Prescott, right? They finding other people to put it on. Even me. Put it on Kellen Moore. Get him out of here. I'm a believer in Mike McCarthy. Mike going to make it easier on him. If he don't go out there and deliver this year with a top five defense, we just gave you Brandon Cooks. We pushed uh, Gilmore over there for you. If you don't show up this year and take the Dallas Cowboys to where Fair. the Dallas Cowboys Fair. wants to go, 
you intro. Did you put number one up there or did Joy do that? Was that one of those like borrowing homework assignment type deals or like how did Daniel Jones wind up as the number one player? Look at my face, America. Look at my face. You see, you see the smile on my face, right? This one right here makes me happy. Not saying I'm wishing on his downfall. I absolutely am not wishing on his downfall. I want everybody in the National Football League to ball, right? I played in there. I want everybody to get their money to ball. More money. More problems. That's what they say. Right? It's all good when you a first-round pick and everybody like, oh, let's let him grow. Let's let him do this. He's, he's still learning. Well, you got them M's now. <laughs> and them M's is tagged to, tagged to the back of your name right now. You walking around New York, your pants sagging a little bit because your pockets is heavy. Right? Now, Daniel Jones' if pants he, still probably If he does not perform, they are going to be calling for his head. And not only that, you paid him, and it's a dude out there at the crib right now that might not show up to training camp. And he's been the best player on your team since day one. He stepped in the building. Daniel Jones, everybody's saying, Brian, Coach Day Ball is that and this and that. They believed in you. You better pay it off. You better mm. pay it off. Joy, I am still not convinced that you did not put that name out there. <laughs> Regardless of what James says, I'm not convinced. But, Joy, expound on the player that you believe has the most to prove this season. I didn't put him up there. Mm. Because my player that I think has the most to prove this, se this season is Deshaun Watson. Ooh. Mm. What is Saquon trying to get right now? He's trying to get some money. What kind of money? Guaranteed, Guaranteed money. money. Yes. Guaranteed money. Mm. We still haven't heard about Burrow or Herbert's contract. Mm -hmm. Now, they're doing it quietly and privately, but maybe Deshaun's contract is holding up those contracts as well. Mm. What did you say earlier? The quarterback position is the one that resets the market every yep. time a guy is up. It's what held up Lamar Jackson's contract. $230 million guaranteed Ooh. is a lot of guaranteed money. I don't care that he doesn't make the most out of any quarterback this Ooh, year. $230 million guaranteed. Yeah. And look, I'm not a... Huge fan of Baker Mayfield's skill sets, but he did win a playoff game, playoff game. and beat a division rival mm. in doing so with the Browns. Mm. So you moved off of a guy that you had a number one, you picked as a number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield mm. that you had some success with and went all in, $230 million all in on Deshaun Watson. Now, last year we know it wasn't, wasn't successful, yeah, yeah. but we all know why. So we can judge that on a curve. That's done. You've had a whole offseason. You have a coach of the year in Kevin Stefanski. And we don't talk a lot about the Browns roster because they've been kind of out of sight, out of mind. But it's a talented roster. Yep. So in my opinion, Deshaun Watson has the most of mm. Yeah, I'm not going to dispute any of the picks, although I would say, well, actually one. Mm, I'm not going to put it on Odell Beckham Jr. to make Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson again. I'm going to put it on Lamar Jackson to make Odell Beckham. But Odell got pressure because if he don't ball, he's on a one-year deal. If you don't ball, you're looking at bouncing around and you're not really going to get another payday. I get that pressure, but Lamar Jackson's being paid as the highest paid mm -hmm. quarterback in the, in the league and stood up and said, I should be, and as a 2019 MVP, like, to me, he's got he's to prove that he can get back to that. But I'm going to go a place that I don't think any of you thought of. I'm going to go quarterback, mm -hmm. but I'm going to go to the draft. I'm going to go to Bryce Young. Really? Yes, because number one, and maybe I'm just I'm I'm conscious of this because I just watched Victor Wimbanyama and the NBA draft, and the number one pick always has a tremendous amount of yeah, pressure. They're true. expected to be a franchise changer, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they 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 may just be the best player in that draft, or sometimes they may not be up to the pressure 
that comes with being the number one pick because it's a lot different than number two. Yeah. He was also one of three quarterbacks taken among the first four picks. And I know going into the draft, there was still a lot of debate. A lot of debate. Right? Do you take C.J. Stroud or do you take Bryce, Bryce Young? Mm-hmm. The general thinking was Bryce Young is the better pick, but C.J. Stroud is the safer pick. You feel like you got to, just because of the measurables, you know what you're going to get. Carolina Panthers went and got Adam Thielen for him. They are in the easier conference, I would say. He's got head coach Frank Reich, who among the guys, with the other two guys have first-year head coaches. Like, everything is set up for Bryce to succeed. And now, can you just imagine, like, if CJ ends up being better? Mm. Bryce comes in having to prove he's the best quarterback in this class, and we have seen that that does not always happen with the number one pick. What's a successful season for Bryce Young, in your opinion? Better than C.J. Stroud. <laughs> I mean, I hate to, I hate to <laughs> I mean, minimize it, be that simple. but you just look at it so and say... So the Houston Texans win two games, but C.J. Stroud looks like, oh, shoot, he a superstar, and Bryce Young wins six or seven. You saying no, that's not... No, so no, that, no. That you're going, you went to team success. I'm just saying that we look at it and go, the Carolina Panthers got it right. So uh, Bryce Young looks like the better quarterback. And, and because, because I think he has more things in his favor. Like, I think it's set up for him to succeed more yeah, easily. Not, they weren't a traditional number one overall pick. Like, they made it exactly, that. exactly. That, that team is much more positioned for success than the Houston Texans. He's on to something, because if you think about it historically, 2012 was my draft class, Jay. That was the draft class of Andrew Luck went number one, mm-hmm. RG3 went number two. RG3 won Rookie of the Year, but Andrew Luck was Andrew Luck. Yeah. Mm. Andrew Luck was the man. Mm. You think about the year that Jameis Winston and Marcus, Marcus Mariota yeah. went one and two. Yeah. So heavy scrutinization. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. I watched that one closely. Mm-hmm. And if y'all recall in that same da- draft class, Dak Prescott goes in the fourth round. Yeah. Whenever there are peers, let's not, I don't know why I skipped this one. Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts in the second round. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever you are taken right before a guy, right before some guys, you just have to prove that you should have been taken there. Because Joy knows this all too well. Chargers fans saying, ha, we got it right and y'all got it wrong. Y'all mm-hmm. stuck with Tua. But nobody's sitting here questioning what Joe Burrow did in the Cincinnati Bengals. So, oh, y'all got it right. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all made the right decision. So, you make a very good so, point. So, my thing is, is what if C.J. Stroud... Doesn't look better than my man at the Colts. Anthony Richardson? Anthony Richardson. Then I think that would be a grave mistake. But we just talked about team, right? He ain't really got... Solid I think, team it, I think it's, it, it's really a little too early rookie year to evaluate all of them, but I, but I would agree with like the number one overall pick gets evaluated in the rookie But evaluations year. will be made rookie they year. Will, yeah. but, they but will, but made. panic won't set in no, for correct. the picks that aren't the number one overall pick. About, if he doesn't look yeah. good or competent as the number one overall pick, that's more worrisome than, if, than anyone out I agree that, with yeah. Slick a little bit. I just think, I don't think he has to play better than C.J., but he, it needs to look the right way. Yeah. Yep. He needs yep. to look like he has commanded yep. us. He needs to look like, oh, shoot, coming into year two, he, gonna be a, he needs to look like You know the other thing that's interesting is you can't play into people's initial worries of you. Bryce Young better not have a whole bunch of balls tipped. Because remember what everybody Size said. Yeah. He's short. Yeah. Yeah, can't yeah. see over the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He better not throw a bunch of picks because he couldn't see in the windows of the offensive lineman. Yeah. Because that's really what I'm more worried about. Yeah. Like, if Bryce Young has some sort of arbitrary issue, that's one thing. But if he gets hurt, 
We all had fears he might get hurt because he's too small. Final thoughts. Let me, well, let me put it to you guys. Would you be surprised if C.J. Stroud has a better year or demonstrates that he's actually a better and more effective NFL quarterback? I personally would because I look at history of systems. I look at history of schemes. I love C.J. Stroud. I love his team around him. I love his representation. I love all that. But call me crazy. I look at Ohio State quarterbacks. And I say to myself, man, Ohio State quarterbacks, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the institution, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the scheme, I don't know if the receivers are just mm-hmm. so much better mm-hmm. than everybody else's, mm-hmm. that those Ohio State quarterbacks are so highly rated, then you get into the league and you don't do that yeah. much. So for me, I'm waiting for C.J. Stroud, like Justin Fields, to prove that Ohio State quarterbacks are as good as we all like. What's your answer? I would not be surprised at all. I mean, because I still have clear memory of watching him play Georgia. Mm-hmm. And he made play. He did. After play. He did. After play. Not just with his arm, but with his legs. So he's going to need a lot of that this year. He's going to be on the run. He's going to have to create and make some plays. Mm-hmm. So I think we will be looking at this at the end of the season like, oh, CJ might be better just because of how the play is going to look and how he's going to have to be for his team. 